Welcome to the Big Sis Pod and welcome to the Big Sis Movement, a community where females feel empowered in all things relationships, career and self-worth. Let's get this episode started. Summer Morn, the founder of Mate for Life, joins us on the Big Sis Pod this week to discuss unconscious mistakes that we might be making when choosing dates. Oh, you have me intrigued. Welcome, Summer. Thank you for having me. It's an intriguing topic. It certainly is. And when we're talking about, I'm going to get straight into this with the the fact we're using that word mistakes because I was a single lady for around about 10 years actually, on and off dating. And I used to hate it when I'd get like Facebook ads coming my way because my status was single, even if it's on show or not, they're Mm -hmm. targeting you. And I'd be getting all these male experts saying, you're doing this wrong, doom and gloom, you're going to be single forever if you don't fix your mistakes. So we're going to be really careful about our wording today, aren't we? Yes, yes. And I understand the emotional reaction we will have to the word mistake, but I'd like to focus on the word unconscious. We don't know we're doing these things. They're habits, activities, beliefs that we can actually change. So it's all unconscious. We're not consciously sabotaging ourselves. So it's okay. I like this. And this is why I've got you on because you're not one of those nasty people telling us that we're doing things wrong. It's just some guidelines or possibly you're unaware of what you're doing. So let's talk about um, as, you know, a professional matchmaker and you are also a love coach. So from your experience, what do you think many women are doing like unconsciously and and their errors? Okay. And this is a blanket generalisation. It won't apply to everyone. And when it comes to romantic love, there's lots of things that influence us and what we do, how we do it. But today I'd like to focus on three particular groups of things, I guess, Um, looking at how we experience love as a child, our confirmation bias, and a little thing I like to call fairy tale-itis. Oh, that one's a good one because we were all, you know, as kids told, you know, wait for your Prince Charming and everything's going to be perfect. That's a great one. Okay, so let's kick things off with the first point that we're going to be discussing, which is love as a child. Okay. So when it comes to romantic love, there's a school of thought that is based on the fact that love and suffering are intertwined. So attraction and suffering are intertwined. And as adults, we're trying to recreate the love relationships we had as children. And that includes the feelings that we had associated with love. That's the good feelings associated with warmth, kindness, tenderness, but also those not so great feelings that are associated with things like not getting attention or warmth, trying to protect a parent, trying to escape angry outbursts, not being able to express ourselves freely and, you know, maybe a parent who's got problems with drugs and alcohol, so someone who's out of control. And We try to recreate that in our relationships. So we'll strive to find someone who makes us feel familiar. Mm, Yeah, that's interesting. That's pretty heavy stuff. And of course, a lot of people have grown up with this in their childhood. But even on a lighter note, I feel Mm. that guys would pull your hair at school or, you know, pull your bra strap to annoy you. So is that almost like, you know, that attention, but it's a bit annoying slash I don't know how to explain that no it's definitely all related that's again the attraction and frustration I guess that's that combination of feeling something that 
makes us react. And we fall into this pattern of what we think is making us feel happy is actually something that just makes us feel familiar. So familiar attention, again, in a love relationship is something that we strive for. We think it's making us happy, but it's actually something that's just familiar. So the flip side of that is we may reject amazing potential partners because they don't make us feel those uncomfortable feelings that we relate to love, that feeling of suffering and attraction. If we don't get that suffering, we think, oh, they're not right for us. They're a bit boring. They're nice. But and sometimes we don't even know why we don't like them, but it's that they don't make us suffer in a familiar way. And I know that's like a weird thing to hear, but they're potentially amazing people who will love us in new ways that actually make us feel uncomfortable because we're not used to it. Okay, so that's really interesting. What about the confirmation bias? Okay, so a confirmation bias is the tendency to look for proof that confirms our pre-existing beliefs. And those beliefs, are they're ingrained in us. They're how we see the world. They're what we believe to be true. They're based on culture, values, past experiences, and sometimes they're outdated And sometimes we don't even know why we believed in them in the first place. And having these beliefs when it comes to dating and choosing our dates can limit who we see as attractive and who is a potential date. I mean, God, there's lots of different examples. But for example, I don't need a man. I only date men who have children or I don't date men who have children. I only date men who are taller than me. I get that all the time. And I only attract men who are crazy or emotionally unavailable. Mm, Now, I've probably been guilty in the past of the I don't need a man in my life. So that's, I've heard that with a lot of independent women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do they need to change that one in particular to? Well, I think no one needs a man. It's not about needing, but saying I don't need a man The universe also hears that. So in addition to us looking for proof, the universe will give us proof. So if we're saying that, the universe will go, okay, well then no man for you. And you won't see the nice men and they won't be on your life. You're sort of giving a negative vibe to something that's really quite fabulous. You don't need to say it out loud. We all know you don't need a man. But if we say it, it's negatively reinforcing how we feel about men and relationships. And please, ladies, don't say that to a man when you're on a date. (laughs) Men don't need to hear, you don't need them because men actually need to be needed. It's one of their most basic needs. Men need to be needed in a relationship and women need to be cherished. So if we're saying that out loud to a man, it's sort of putting a barrier to something that doesn't need to be there. And especially on the first date. Probably really bad. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's a It's like, oh, well, you don't need me, so what's the point in even trying to do this? Like, imagine if we were on a date and we heard a man say to us, are we on the date together? Yes, we're on the date together. (laughs) On the date together. Opposite sides of the table. And imagine if a man said to you, oh, I don't need a woman. Like, it just creates a feeling with us inside and then we, again, will look for reasons to confirm that. So the universe has no sense of humour. It will give us exactly what we want and it will reconfirm what we already believe. And our confirmation bias is just amplifying that. So between the confirmation bias, us looking to prove our existing beliefs and the universe reinforcing them, we're limiting our potential for amazing dates. 
and potentials for dates because we're creating this very small pool. And the pool's really big and deep. (laughs) That's the good news. (laughs) I had a best friend who had the longest list of what she wanted to attract. And I guess it's quite confusing for a lot of spiritual people. We're told like do your affirmations or journal and tell the universe what you're wanting. But yeah, it's a bit tricky, I guess, because you're saying don't have that long list when it comes to dating. Have a list, have a vision of what you'd like, but don't be limited by it. And if you're going to have a list, make it a positive. I would like this as opposed to I don't want this. You know, make your list positive not negative because it's going to attract that energy more or less. And a prime example is Mother Teresa. She said, I'm not anti-war, I'm pro-peace. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's amazing. I love that. Yes. Awesome. All right, let's move on to the fairy tale itis. I totally understand this one. I got swept away by Prince Charming and he ended up being a total sociopath. So don't fall for this, okay? Yes. So fairy tale itis is, and I think of, you know, love stories in fairy tales and a lot of Hollywood romances, they end when the love story, the real love story begins. They end where they find the partner, whereas a real love story starts there. And that's where we need to learn to tolerate and be tolerated. We need to juggle individual lives, work schedules, kids, wants, needs, you know, and we're going to annoy our partner and our partner is going to annoy us. That's the reality. And look, I'm a big fan of love stories, fairy tales, probably more than most people, but I've now realised not to use them to define real life relationships, but they're an escape. They're an escape from real life. They're not something to base our real life on. So enjoy them as a fantasy, but don't try to recreate them because that will just end in heartbreak. And lots of cases in our childhood, fairy tales were told to us to scare us in or out of doing a particular activity. And I suggest, ladies, if you no longer believe in Santa Claus the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy, stop believing in Prince Charming or as he's referred to as the one. There's no perfect man. There's no perfect relationship. But the good news is there's lots of ones. So get out there and choose one. Yeah, what is your take on the the soulmate? I've had another specialist on talking about soulmates and woundmates and all that, which is fascinating in itself. But, uh, yeah, so you believe there's plenty of soulmates out there as well. I think there are and I think soulmate is a very loaded title because a soulmate, everyone will interpret this differently, but I'll feel a soulmate is something so heavy, so loaded and there's so much that you need to get from a soulmate whereas a partner in a loving, romantic, grown-up adult relationship that isn't trying to recreate your childhood love, you can't get everything from that one person. You know, there's a connection, of course, there's a connection, but they're not your everything. You know, that's what you have girlfriends for and colleagues and family and, you know, you get different things from different people and to try to hinge everything on the soulmate or the one or, you know, you complete me. It's just, it's too much pressure on that person to be that and on you to find that person. It's just, it's too much, I think. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I've seen over the years friends that just hang out with their partner 24-7 and I just go, I don't know how they do that. No, no, they can't be your whole world and you can't be their whole world. And 
if you feel like that, that world will crumble, it'll become little. Mm. You know, and the last thing you want to do is create a little world for yourself. The world is great and big and amazing. Don't limit yourself to, you know, being in a tower and waiting for a prince to come and collect you <laughs> and then put you in another tower because that's sort of what would happen. Yes, yes. Let's get rid of that uh, fairy tale artist. Love that information. Now, I forgot to ask you earlier on in the chat, why did you actually want to become a matchmaker, a professional one? It's something I've always been really interested in. I love love. I love people. I'm a busybody. So now I'm a professional busybody. I just find relationships very, very interesting. And I think everyone deserves love. There's amazing people out there and I just want to bring people together so they can find their person and have a great relationship. That is beautiful. Now, we're going to talk about, just before we go, you um, do actually provide plenty of different services for your customers. Can you run us through some of the stuff that you do as a matchmaker? Yeah, of course. So I am essentially, for a single person, I am your Tinder. I am your Plenty of Fish. I'm your eHarmony. So I get to know you what you're looking for, your past experiences, and then I screen and search for you. So I find your matches for you and then set you up on a blind date and the rest is up to you. I can't predict chemistry and all I can work on is the information I'm given. And then after dates, my clients then debrief with me. So it's a process. I always say matchmaking is a process. It's not a one-size-fits-all experience. It's very individual And it's adopted by people who take their love life seriously. They're often a little more private. They're professional. They are looking for a real connection. And then for whatever reason, they're not finding that themselves online. But they're not at all desperate. They're not at all hopeless or terrible. There's that stigma connected with online dating and matchmaking. I think it's a little better now than it was initially. But let go of the stigma. They're amazing people. They just are busy and they're hiring a professional. You know, we hire professionals in all areas of our lives, so it makes sense to hire a professional when it comes to our love life. So you've got some really, it was something that I saw that you've done recently and you are travelling around the country with some really fun dating events. Just tell us about them. Yes, I, for the listeners, I'm not sure who will remember, but there was an amazing TV show in the 80s called Perfect Match. They've remade, I think last year, Blind Date. And my version of it is called It's a Pretty Good Match. So it's a game show of blind love where I have bachelors and bachelorettes who are hidden from each other and they have to ask each other a series of questions and then select someone to go on a blind date with based purely on those answers. So it's all about personality or what you can get in three questions. And it's just, it's fun. It's a bit of fun. I think there has to be fun in dating. People, I think we need to remember it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. I think we've lost that fun flirtiness face to face because of Tinder and things like that. And there's no connection. Yeah. You know, we need to connect with real people to see if there's a spark, if there's a relationship, you know, you can have great banter online or text, but until you meet that person in person, you just don't know. And I know it's really, really hard, but fight that instinct of the instant spark and the chemistry because that could just be something coming from our past, especially our childhood, where we're thinking this person isn't going to make me suffer in a familiar way. We actually want unfamiliar 
new experiences when it comes to dating because the love we experienced as a child isn't the love we want to experience as an adult. And it's just practice. It's just making a conscious decision to do something differently. You know, what did Einstein tell us? When you consistently do the same thing expecting a different result is a definition of insanity. And it's the same when it comes to dating. Totally agree. And great advice. I've learned a lot in this chat and like really love the services that you are providing. So if you're interested in what Summer has to offer, make sure you do jump onto her website. It is mateforlife.com.au. That's spelled M-A-T-E, four as in the number four, L-I-F-E dot com dot au. And I'll have those details on the show notes as well. So I just want to say thank you so much for your time. We could talk about this for hours. We could. I could talk underwater about it. It's been lovely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. We'll chat soon. Bye. How fun was Summer and her dating advice? If you are actually interested in another dating-related episode, check out our chat with Mary McHale on Soulmates, Woundmates and Twin Flames. It's episode 23 on the Big Sis Pod.